Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I am so glad you joined me. I'm Karen. Uh, Maybe you're new to here. I don't know. I'm not new here. I'm here every time. (laughs) Uh, Maybe you don't know how you got here. Either way, pull up a chair or turn up your volume if you need to. Hopefully you won't need to. I've got better tech now. (laughs) Set your cruise control or tie those shoes and hopefully sit back and enjoy or walk and enjoy whatever it is you're doing. Today's podcast episode title might sound a bit strange to you, the lender, the bartender, and the swami. Um, It sounds odd in my ears because I keep waiting to hear a chingering, you know, the cymbals and the drums that happen at the end of a joke when it's told on a stage, you know, not that the actual lender, bartender, and swami are a joke because yes, my friends, they are real people, but the title alone sounds like the beginning of a joke. A, lo- a lender, a bartender, and a swami walk into a bar, <laughs> but it's not a joke, although parts of it were quite humorous to me. But in this case, it wasn't a bar, it was an airport, uh, but more on that in a minute. First off, let's get down to the business of quotes. Yep, I start every podcast with a quote or two, in case you didn't know, and they're what I call pod quotes. They're little snippets of scripture or just quotes I find, wisdom, silliness, awesomeness that resonate with me and I hope will also resonate with you. So here goes. The first is a quote from Nina Amir. She says, there are no accidents. Nothing is a coincidence. The divine is always conspiring on your behalf. I love that one. All right. And the next quote is from Proverbs 16, 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And oh, that's a good one because plan as ye may, boy, you can still have those plans go awry in a heartbeat. However, if you have faith and hold on, stay the course because uh, the Lord will establish and lay out your steps. Uh, and, and you just have to keep your eyes and your heart open and he'll guard you along the way, by the way. So, okay, one more pod quote to you. Delays are just the beginning of grand adventures. All right. Quote by Kathy Willis. Now, dear Kathy, I doubt you're tuning in and I don't even know if you're here with us in the land of the living on earth or not. But I would like to say to you that I totally agree with you most of the time sometimes not so much. Like when you're waiting in a ridiculously long line to use the restroom at a concert venue, that's not such a grand adventure. (laughs) Or when you placed your food order like 45 minutes ago, you're still waiting and haven't eaten in 10 hours. Or when you accidentally got, get locked into a restroom, um, that maybe the door broke or the lock broke and it takes the fire department an hour to get you out. Not that any of those things have happened to me, but in the case of my podcast topic today, I would have to agree with this quote by Kathy that a delay can definitely be the beginning of a grand adventure. Okay, so in case you haven't been able to tell, this podcast is about how God puts uh, people in your path or kind of takes you down a different road than you thought you would go down or for a reason or maybe situation you don't know or somebody else's hand was in it it, somebody else's free will or somebody else doing something else um, that messed up your plans God can give you grace in that situation he'll put his hand on you and with his sense of humor he could put you in a better position than you ever thought because where you might have sunk low and low and low he keeps you from doing that, or he can keep you from being in serious trouble, whether it was because of your own fault or someone else's. But with his plan in place, 
grand adventures, timely meetings and lessons learned can actually happen. But it is also about this episode is also about the lender, the bartender, and the swami, and a little bit about me as well. All right. So a few weeks ago, I was coming home from a trip to Colorado. I went out there for a week as part of a my R and R and R time rest, relaxation, and rejuvenation. Also, the title of another podcast episode, in case you missed it. Um, so the trip back was what I would call more than interesting. I anticipated a smooth flight. I mean, a simple day of travel. I'd heard horror stories about flight cancellations right now, and I'm sure you all have too, and lots of delays. But on the trip out to Colorado the week before, not a worry about any of that. No real serious issues. Okay, not, well, except, okay, let me back that up. (laughs) Except for at the desk to check in my luggage luggage my luggage my luggage my baggage my suitcase okay so that was a ridiculous process I got to the airport run in later than I hoped that's for sure because it was pouring outside it was thunder and lightning was going on pretty much the first half hour of the hour and 15 minute drive to the airport but I finally made it to the long long line to check in and I was checking my baggage because I was going to be gone for seven days and that's just the way I am. So I packed accordingly. So I'd been in this long line to get checked in for about 15 minutes, already knowing I was running behind. And I decided to tune into finally what people were saying around me because there was a lot of chatter. And I, I saw that the line next to me was moving faster than mine. And the rumblings I'd heard were not making me happy. Apparently, I was in the wrong line. The line was that I was in was for checking into the flight going to the Dominican Republic. Now, I was pretty sure I was not going to to uh, the Dominican Republic via Colorado. Um, so as an uh, or vice versa. So as an airline rep walked by me, I asked her if the line I was in was actually just for the Dominican Republic public. And she said, yes, that other line is strictly for Denver because everyone is running late and we're pushing people through that line as quick as possible. So they don't miss their flight. And I said, um, why didn't anyone say anything? There are no signs, no announcements. And I've been in this line for almost 20 minutes. Her response Well, I came out here a half hour ago to tell people, and I actually looked at her and said, well, what about all the people who got here 29 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago? She just looked at me like I had two heads and said, you'll need to go get in that line. So I I held my tongue, which was the right thing to do, but I made my way around and back around the line and down the line and back around the line and down the line as you zigzag through that little wrap maze. There was no cheese at the end, by the way. Um, so I made my way past a myriad of people behind me and I I made a nice service amount announcement as I went along the line. I said, this line is for the Dominican Republic only. If you're going to Denver, you have to get in that line. Um, I was not a popular person at that moment, but I didn't want anyone else to end up in the position I was in. Unfortunately, in that nice, compassionate moment, letting others know that they didn't need to be in this line, that they should move to the other line, or vice versa if they were in the wrong line. It ended up, there was a mass exodus to the proper line I was supposed to be in. So by the time I was looking at the end of it and making my way down there, there were about an additional 25 people in front of me as I tried making my way that way. Um, And unfortunately, 
the day before I had injured my Achilles tendon. So my foot was swollen and sore and I knew I'd never make it rushing to the gate. Even though I, I had asked for a wheelchair, I, I, there were no wheelchairs around and I didn't see anybody there. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know if you've ever had to have assistance in an airport, but if they don't have somebody right there at the ticket counter, it can take 30, 40, 45 minutes, an hour to get somebody to help you, depending on the airport. And I thought, oh my, I was like, God, please help me because I don't want to miss my flight and end up here for I don't know how long. So then this guy who must have seen the look on my face and heard the tone in my voice, he said, here, you can get in front of me. And I think I heard angels singing, oh, in that moment, and, and some grumpy people complaining, but I chose to ignore them. Ignore the cussing and the grumpiness and focus on the singing I heard. And um, thanks to the kindness of this stranger, um, I, I made it to the gate just in the nick of time. And oh my gosh, my foot was sore, but I did it. And they were just boarding my row as I got there. So, okay. So that experience pretty much defines the overall theme and frustration, irresponsibility, and divine intervention I was witness to on the flight back as well. Only the flight back was on a much grander scale. Okay, so by the way, I'm not going to say what airline this was because, well, I don't think it's necessarily the way I want to use my podcast platform and it might be slightly inappropriate. I also really don't want to give their business name any airtime. You know, it's like giving Satan credit when he tries to cause trouble. You overcome it. And then you give God the credit and the glory where credit is due um, for getting you through it by saying the name of Jesus, not the name of the devil, right? Okay, so that's kind of how I feel about it. But oh my gosh, I just realized, I, I, <laughs> I think I just equated this airline to Satan. Oops, <laughs> no worries, because it's probably pretty accurate. Um, but again, not naming which airline it was. But I do feel fine with my choice to tell you that it was not Southwest Delta Allegiance Spirit, United American Kwanzaa FedEx, UPS Air Force, uh, or Carrier Pigeon. You do the verbal math and figure it out. Okay, so now, for the most part, whilst in Colorado, I did get some R&R &R and R. However, some things happened that created stress that I was not prepared to handle while I was there. With that weighing heavy on me uh, and my foot hurting like mad, I was actually looking forward to flying home. I like flying. I used to loathe it and be afraid of it many years ago, but all those fears and anxiety lifted, you know, about 25 years ago. And ever since then, I have loved it. So there is usually a peace in being up in the sky for me. Usually. However, the night before the flight back from Colorado, close to midnight, I received an email from the carrier letting me know that the flight had to be downgraded to a different airplane and they needed 40 people to change their flight plans. I thought, oh crap. I immediately had this feeling in my gut that this was not a good sign. So I called customer service right away. They let me know that my flight had actually technically been canceled and they were in the process of moving everyone to different flights. I could opt to stay on the same schedule but on a different plane, um, or take a flight credit and get moved to a later flight in the day. I let them know that I definitely did not want to take a lighter flight. Again, there were some reasons that had, and some things that had happened at home that made it necessary for me to get home as soon as I could. So I was able to 
sleep knowing I had talked to a customer service person and that they would be getting me home on time as planned, just on a different plane. All right. Well, (laughs) when I got to the airport the next morning, I had yet another display of, oh goodness, Jesus, Jesus, fix it, fix it. Because I got through the check-in line only to find out that I had been bumped from my window seat and was stuck in an aisle seat. And there were no other seats open. In fact, they were still overbooked and needed more people to agree to take a different plane. Uh, No, that wasn't happening for me. My foot was swollen red and it was grumpy at me. But I patiently waited for someone to come help me to the gate because I got there early enough. Unfortunately, the Denver airport is no small track of buildings. If you've never been there, believe me, it's not. So walking the distance to the gate was not an option for me at that point. While I was waiting, I witnessed a man, though, at the counter, the same counter I had been at, throwing a huge fit. I mean, okay, not, not, this is no small fit. This is like, holy smokes, they called security. Because yes, folks, I've seen it online. You've seen it online. We've seen it on TV and on social media, but never have I ever witnessed in person a customer act like this. Yell, scream, cuss, berate, insult, threaten a customer service person uh, from the airline. Now, the man's complaints were valid. And, and, and the customer service person even validated the fact that the things that he were, was saying were true, but she couldn't do anything about it. Definitely, uh, validity there. However, the way he approached it was not, and it was not okay. Once he flew off the handle and started threatening, there was no way to get him back off that handle. No amount of duct tape was going to get him anywhere no no amount of anything security was right there watching the whole time and finally had to intervene I, I actually wish they had intervened earlier but he was carted off yelling and screaming and I have no idea how he was going to get back across country uh, I'm sure they didn't care at that point because there's no way TSA was going to accommodate him any longer so eyeballs bulging from seeing that display and my heart really sad for the situation all the way around I was wheeled to the gate by a a very nice and compassionate transport person, which by the way, for the most part at the Denver airport, the people who help with transport, transport when they're able to, because they're, they are quite overworked and understaffed, very nice, gracious, good people. Kudos to you all. So, but once at the gate waiting in line to board, as the time got closer, the area around the gate, of course, became more crowded. And I saw a man in another wheelchair kind of kitty corner across from me, just on the other side of the desk for the airline. And he was all dressed in orange, one color, orange, top to bottom, head to toe, scarf, pants, shoes, socks, shirt, everything orange. I mean, seriously, at orange socks which were kind of cool, but orange. And I thought, oh, they're transporting a federal prisoner. (laughs) But there wasn't a companion with him. And he didn't have on handcuffs or any kind of monitor that I could see. And I later found out he was not a prisoner. He was an 80-year-old guru of the Hindu faith, a swami. So I thought he had a pretty peaceful countenance about him for being a federal prisoner. But hey, I don't often consort with prisoners and I've never met a Swami before either. So how did I know? So as we were waiting for the flight, they kept announcing that they still needed passengers to leave this flight and take a later one. 
on and on it went. I mean, every 10 minutes they were making the announcement. So as we were waiting at the gate, the airplane that we were set to fly out on arrived so that um, they could refuel and do all the things they needed to do and switch crews. And passengers started unloading from it. And then they closed the door. So one after another, after they disembarked, um, they came out and were milling around. So after that, and the crew, who had also been waiting, uh, went down the gangway. And I want to say gangplank because some of them really should have been um, put on one. But anyway, so I, I'm calling it a gangway, though. But I'm sure it has a different name, like I think Jet Bridge or Bridge to highway to hell. I don't know. So although, um, like I said, gangplank seems more appropriate for some of them. But anyway, there we were. So the door had closed, but after about 10 minutes, the door to the gangway opened yet again, and two more passengers exited. And what did I see before my wondering eyes? Two men, one whom I would later find out is a direct lender, a broker, and the other was the very same man I met one week before at the Cincinnati airport heading to Colorado. Yeah, the fine young man who let me cut in front of him in line um, so I wouldn't miss the plane. And as again, later I found out he was a bartender. All right, so what are the odds, right? Here he was on his second leg back from a trip to California. And as they disembarked, the gatekeeper, as I'm going to call her, of the airline told them to just hang out there a minute. Apparently, they were asked to get off the plane because there was an issue with it that was going to take a few minutes. <clears throat> I use that term highly loosely, few minutes um, to fix, and the air conditioning was not running or circulating as they made the repair. So even though the crew had to stay on, uh, they made the rest of the passengers get off. Uh, but here they were, and so it began. Announcement after announcement after announcement after announcement, after announcement, with little to no information. Passengers of flight 5,457 to Cincinnati, there has been a slight delay in departure time due to a mechanical issue. We have nothing else to report at this time, but we are doing, we are being told it will only take a short time. We will come back on as soon as we know something. And in conjunction with that, Every 30 minutes, you would hear phones vibrating or dinging, and you see people pull their cell phones out and look at them, me included, to read yet another update stating the departure time for our flight had been moved back again and again, another half hour, and then another half hour, and then another half hour, and then another half hour, on and on it went. And each time, announcement, yes, Flight 5,457 to Cincinnati, there has been a slight delay. We have a mechanical issue. I am getting no information at this time. As soon as we know anything, we will let you know. Um, so at this point, I kept thinking, do I hobble through the terminal so I can go over to the restroom and go pee? Or do I wait? Are they going to start boarding? Am I going to miss my flight? I'd heard other people say, if you're not right here at the gate, they'll close the door. They'll leave without you. But after a few hours, I was hungry. And I thought, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. Do I get up and go to the bathroom to go get food? Do I wait? Maybe we really are going to board in 30 minutes. That's what I kept telling myself. Yeah, that did not happen. So passengers were lying on the floors. They were stretched out. They were grumbling. They were snoring. They were eating full meals <laughs> if they could. A lot of them didn't want to get up and leave either. Um, they were searching for plugs to recharge their devices into. Kids were running up and down and giggling and some were crying, except one kid. 
a, a young man who, who vocalized what we all wanted to vocalize. He was probably eight years old. He promptly <laughs> marched up to the desk um, there at the gate and yelled, excuse me, excuse me. Until one of the attendants finally acknowledged him. She said, yes. He said, can you please tell me what is wrong with that plane? Um, is it ever going to get fixed? <laughs> and most of us were laughing and some were actually clapping for him. It was hilarious. He was just, what boldness, what, what bravery. I mean, I applauded because shouldn't we all be that bold? Why is it we don't question what we should question? He wasn't rude. He wasn't mean. He just wanted to know what the heck was going on. Unfortunately, the answer he was given was no more informational uh, than what we'd already been given every 30 minutes. But as we played the waiting game, those of us at the front of the line, the lender, the bartender, the swami, and I, we got to talk to each other. And I listened more than I spoke for a while, which I know you, you don't believe that, but it's true. Um, <laughs> I like to observe people and take in my surroundings. It's how I learn things. God speaks to me through moments or, or, or hours <laughs> like these. Plus, I still had more than a little bit of stress and concern on my mind. In all actuality, I had originally uh, kind of been fighting my brain from going down the path of worry. I, I was trying to keep my brain from borrowing trouble. But like happens sometimes, I wasn't doing a great job of it. So I was preoccupied part of that time at the beginning. And I didn't tune into the three gentlemen in front of me for the first half hour, maybe 45 minutes. <laughs> but after the young boy came up and yelled his question to the attendant, it snapped me kind of out of my mental comatose. Um, from there, I saw the lender just randomly help people who walked up to the attendant and couldn't get her attention he would make sure that she knew uh, she had to answer their, their questions. He'd say, excuse me, they need your help. Excuse me, they need your help. And one case in particular, uh, a Hispanic gentleman came to the desk. He didn't speak English well, um, if at all. But the lender stepped right over, got his attention, and interpreted for him with the attendant. And I was really touched. He he, he made a difference. He, he made sure that he showed care and compassion where these uh, airline uh, personnel were not doing so. So as I watched the lender talk to the Swami, then again, I saw a lot of care and compassion and, and he took the time to connect with him and, and connect with the bartender as well. And once I got in on the conversation, he did the same thing there. And the bartender, when we were all talking about how hungry we were, the bartender and the lender both offered to go get the Swami and I food because here we were in wheelchairs. And so, and so they did, they went in. Now mine was a little different. I got up and I needed to move. Oh my gosh. So I hobbled to the bathroom and I went and got a snack while I was out doing that. Um, but they, their compassion and their care was just amazing because there wasn't a lot of that. I mean, there were a lot of grumpy people. I mean, no doubt. You, you can't blame people for being grumpy, but they shared what they had. And with the continual delay for a, 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 a longer period and a longer period, all the attendants assisting people in wheelchairs disappeared from the area. So uh, the bartender even offered to wheel me to the restroom and wheel me to go get something to eat. I mean, thankfully I was able to hobble again to the restroom, uh, and back, but if I had not been able to, or someone else hadn't offered to, I would have been stuck for hours in that wheelchair. And when I mentioned to one of the airline attendants 
that was going back and forth that the Swami had not been offered for someone to take him to the restroom at that point or go any place in hours. They said it wasn't their job and they walked on. Now, were it not for the lender and the bartender there caring for this 80 year old gentleman who, who would have done it? Um, they didn't even call someone to help nothing. And here is where God showed me the heart of man, or at least of some men, the heart of the bartender and the lender, two men, one young and one older. I'm not like saying a hundred years old, but one was older than the other one. I'd say the bartender was, um, that was, is much younger than I am. I already know that I found that out. And then the lender was closer to my age. Here they are offering to take two people that they never met before in wheelchairs to the restroom and to get food or whatever they needed. I'd been witnessed, witnessed that day to angry, screaming passengers, rude attendants, disrespectful airport staff. And, and in this moment, in those hours, God reminded me how compassionate and kind that people can be. For some time, though, I mean, and I mean some time, we all chatted, we joked, we laughed, we complained. Okay, no doubt, we, we complained. We all had a con common enemy at that point, right? So when, lo and behold, staff came up the gangway, out the door, and said they were ready, problem had been fixed. Woohoo! I was so glad. I was exhausted because... This was after hours of delays and snippets of the bartender going back and forth to the window, taking pictures, by the way, <laughs> at first one and then two and then five and then six and then nine people hovered over part of the engine on the airplane, uh, apparently trying to figure out how to fix it and why oil looking fluids were spilling out of it. Um, those were pictures I did not want to see at that moment, but here they were <laughs> right in front of me. And then finally, here we were relieved that apparently it had been fixed and we were ready to board the plane. So the bartender let out a, a big yell at that point, which just, it just cracked me up. He, he yelled out to the airport at large and all the people around the gate, who's ready to go to Cincinnati? And everyone cheered and clapped and got in line. It was like, um, uh, like uh, moths to a flame or ants to some honey. I mean, they were just whew, right there. Of course, there Swami and I sit, no one to wheel us on to the plane and assist us because all of those attendants were elsewhere. They had no idea when this plane was going to finally get loaded so uh but it didn't matter because as the airline attendant um was stating that we couldn't board yet because they had no one to help us I said it's okay I'll walk down there I'll just as long as I can hang onto the railing I'll be fine just let me get on the plane so we can go and the bartender said bartender said not on my watch no ma'am and he proceeded to wheel me down the gangway and make sure that I got to my seat the lender promptly said, you're right, man, and wheeled the Swami to the plane, assisting him to his seat. So between being tired, eating just chips and a Dr. Pepper for a meal and, and heavy, heavy things weighing on my mind, that kindness meant more to me than I could express in that moment. I felt like I was going to cry, but I held it together. After all, these were men with whom I just discussed careers, money, politics, faith, travel woes, and such uh, with for hours. 
and and laughed quite a bit in the process, by the way. After we finally boarded, everyone was tucked in, still grumbling, but ready to go. But we just sat there. Yes, I know you're not surprised at this point. We just sat there on the airplane. Flight attendants were milling about. The plane door was still open. 15 minutes goes by. Then 30. Then 40. And there we sat. Next thing we know, the gate attendant came aboard and started checking various people's IDs and their tickets and their passports. So we still have no idea what in the world's going on. Uh, but a few minutes later, an official looking airline employee comes on the plane. And after a brief powwow with the flight attendants at the front, he walks all the way to the back of the airplane, bringing another passenger off the airplane with him. After about 15 minutes uh, with this passenger gone, this passenger came back on the airplane goes to the back, gets his carry-on luggage, and exits the plane. So whispers are going all about naturally, but you could also hear the flight attendants, ta attendants talking. So when it came down to it, this non-English speaking passenger, uh, apparently from a different culture, it smelled like he hadn't showered in quite a while. So the odor was extremely pungent and Somewhere in the sitting and waiting period, other passengers at the back of the plane complained about it. So are you thinking, uh, when are they going to take off and head to Cincinnati already, Karen? Get this story on <laughs> going. Well, this is part of the story. Well, w w we were thinking the same thing. When are they going to get this plane going into Cincinnati? But no, even though the passenger went off, no, we hadn't flown out yet. Here we sit and we get another text message. You can hear people's phones vibrate and go off that it, the flight has been delayed yet again, even though we're still sitting on the plane. Uh, nobody's telling us anything. That's all we know. Here we sit listening to the flight attendants talk about body odor and gossip about the passengers, which disgusted me more than the body odor, to be quite honest. And as we're waiting, the bold, brave, outspoken probably eight-year-old kid from earlier in the day made his way up the aisle to the front of the plane, pretty much near where I was sitting because I was sitting towards the front. And he said, excuse me, excuse me, to the flight attendant. And she finally acknowledged him. And he said, I'm hungry. Do you have anything to eat? And she said, what do you mean you're hungry? What do you think you want to eat? And I thought, oh, how, how, how nice, um, maybe. I couldn't tell from the tone of her voice. Is she being cute? Is she, what's she doing? But uh, no, definitely no. She was not being cute. And he said, well, I'm hungry. I, I didn't know what you have for snacks. And she said, where's your mother? And he said, back in her seat. And she said, fine. And she turned around. And she got a can of Pringles uh, and, and a bag of pretzels out of the cabinet uh, where there were a bunch of other snacks. And she said, turned around and she showed him, she said, which one do you want? And he pointed to the Pringles. And as she held it out to him, he reached for the can. Um, but before she would let it go, before she let it go, um, he was still holding onto one end of it. Um, and she smiled this like gooey smile. And she said, now you take this and you go tell your mother the next time you fly, she needs to be prepared and bring you some food with her. I almost came out of my chair before I even, 
could say anything, though the bartender who was sitting one row behind me hollers, she had food for him hours ago. Oh my gosh, this poor little boy. He took the snack, um, but he was very visibly upset at, at this woman's lack of sympathy. I mean, you could tell he was like, here she was questioning how his mother was and basically saying his mother wasn't taking care of him. I was so angry. For hours, we all sat, but no one, not even the the little children were offered a refreshment, a stick of gum, a bottle of water, nothing. Now, I've been delayed on other flights before. Um, one of the other airlines that I said earlier. But they came and brought people food. They brought people water. They made sure that they were up to date So, uh, on what was actually going on. So this was, this was just an, a, a huge slap in the face to people all the way around. It was just... I just couldn't even believe it. I still can't believe it as I'm sharing it with you all. But so right after that moment, there came an announcement, the pilot folks, I need you to know that we did get the mechanical issue fixed earlier. And while I appreciate your patience in waiting, as we've been sitting here, we have unfortunately discovered an additional mechanical issue. Everyone will need to deplane and move to gate five, 55 million C where they are preparing a new airplane for us. Oh my Gosh, yeah, uh, it's yeah. Can you even believe it? I can't even like I'm stuttering over it. Okay, so off the plane we went. Bartender behind me, not willing to let me walk back up that gangway. So I sit in the wheelchair that was still waiting there, and off we went. So after we all get to the new gate, there right behind us, of course, is the lender and the swami, and there we were yet again. Same airport, different gate different plane, the lender, the bartender, the swami, and me. And that sounds like it could be a good song, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, I won't sing it for you. Don't worry. All right. So that's when we decided it's time for us to take pictures because we're family now. Uh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> we decided to take pictures, uh, exchange social media information and phone numbers. And it was at this gate that we started to talk more a little bit about faith. And that's when I told them that I have a podcast and I knew in that moment that I had to tell this story in my podcast uh, and I'm sure it will go in a speaking engagement at some point as well. So I do have to stop here and say that, well, I saw the same faces all around me all day long, uh, these same people who were on the flights, uh, or airplanes on and off, on and off with us. Um, those of us who were positioned at the front, the, the lender, the bartender, the Swami and I, we, we were, we were blessed. Um, I, I just can't say anything about uh, how blessed we were. I mean, I can't say enough about how blessed we were because we were, I mean, I feel like I was blessed. I had the best view. I had the view of three people who generous, generously made a little part of their world, um, accessible to me for, for several hours on a day when I really needed to not feel alone. I didn't feel alone. I mean, Hey, I, I should have called this podcast three men and a lady. Now that's, that that's the title of a good movie. I'm just saying all right there. All right. So we got strange looks though, from all these other passengers and faces that we had seen all day uh, on and off. And I'm not sure if anybody else noticed, but, and, um, okay. From the newest attendant and the newest gate, because the bartender wanted to wheel me down the newest gangway when it was time and the service uh, 
person in charge of assisting passengers wouldn't let him. So we got a, a strange look from them. We got a strange look from passengers around us as we're taking each other's pictures and exchanging each other's information because it's not something you normally do with people you just met. Of course, it had been hours of meeting. It wasn't just like we just knew each other for 30 seconds. So, um, but again, they told us that, uh, these nice, compassionate people, the bartender could not wheel me down the gangway. It was against their policies. All of a sudden, <laughs> it was against their policies. Um, but they did f get somebody over there to finally uh, do that. So uh, apparently they weren't aware or didn't care that it had been happening on and off all day long. In their wheelchairs, people wheeling uh, the Swami and I around. But finally, on to the newer, cleaner better smelling. Oh, praise God. Better smelling airplane. We went, uh, new arrival time, new plan, new crew. Woohoo. Oh, we were so glad new crew. By the way, the entire time, all of this was going on. My poor husband was sitting at home waiting and waiting 4 PM, 6 PM, every half an hour after that waiting 11 PM, wondering when he needed to leave the house to make that hour and a 15 minute trek to the airport to pick me up bless his heart so back on the new plane settling in almost two-thirds of the passengers have boarded and people were of course heading back and forth to the bathroom because like me some of them were afraid to leave the lines in the airport for fear they'd be way off into the restroom and then somehow miss the plane and or an announcement of some sort so as one passenger left the bathroom another would get up to use it which of course slowed the boarding process down, but that's what happens. And, and I couldn't fault anyone for that. So up the aisle, a young boy went stopping right in front of the airplane exit at the front, you know, where you actually get on uh, entrance, I guess is what you'd call it. Entrance exit right there at the gangway. So he stops there in front of that um, entrance near the bathroom at the front and promptly vomits all over the floor. So <laughs> then the, the boarding stops um, as they get the person with hazmat gloves on to come from the gate to clean things up and the attendants gather themselves together and the poor parents um, who were sitting directly behind me in the same row as the bartender they were, they were embarrassed, but more, more than that, they were upset. Their son wasn't feeling well. I could hear the dad as he went forward and helped his son in the bathroom and, and all of that. So after about 10 minutes, they were able to come back to their seat. Things got cleaned up. And once they got cleaned up, people started to board, but the dad went up to the front and spoke to one of the flight attendants and said, he says, he's fine for us to stay on the flight. He's not running a fever or anything. Are you okay if we stay on the flight? And the attendant was really kind. And she said, sure. But if at any point before we take off, you know, you all change your mind and he needs to get off the plane. It's okay. Just let us know. You know, we'll do what we can to help. And I thought, wow, finally, airline employees who have uh, some compassion and some intelligence thought too fast. It was, no, I shouldn't have done that. I thought too fast because then the flight attendant looks at the dad and she says, actually, she asks, does he get sick like this all the time? And without a second of hesitation, the dad says, only when he has to board a second airplane. <laughs> and the, the whole front of the airplane laughs and applauds his timing and his tone it was just perfect like uh, yeah only when he has to board a second airplane oh you dad another person that god put in my path by the way that helped 
uh, salvaged that day for me. I, I laughed about that for I don't know how long. And I was so glad other people heard it and applauded. Now, believe it or not, uh, at this point, when everyone else had boarded, we only sat for another half an hour and then ta-da, the pilot announced that we were ready to take off. The entire plane cheered and then got extremely quiet because, hello, what a long, long day it had been. So as I'm sitting there trying to snuggle in, I was afraid that my mind would go to a sadder place, a place of, of stress and worry. But miraculously, it did not. It went to a place of gratitude and thankfulness because it had been such a crazy day, a full day, a day that should have been, uh, you know, one that made me pull my hair out or, or ache all over and complain. A kind of day that most people would have complained about as well. But while I had some great dissatisfaction over the airline and the delays and the issues, my heart and my mind went to a conversation, the lender, the bartender, the Swami and I had at the last gate before we actually boarded that airplane, um, the one that would finally take us home. We talked about how God's hand was on us, that, that he can use anything or anyone to help us and to keep us safe. Like the incident with the man on the first plane who was pulled off the airplane for having bad body odor. Were it not for that situation, they might not have ever found out about the additional mechanical issue and what would have happened had we taken off on that airplane. You see, I don't believe in coincidence. I just don't. I can plan and plan all day long, but I know God wants me to get something done in his timing and his way. All right, to either go this way or that way, not my own way. And when I step out of line, he puts things or situations and people in my path to help me get back to where I should be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically in all those ways at different times. That's just who God is. And so I thought about it, sitting there, enjoying the quiet of the airplane, uh, jotting notes down for what would eventually become this podcast episode, realizing that God had been up to something Maybe not just for me, but in that moment, it felt like it was just for me. Though in all reality, I know that the day and the experiences, the people, the effect that the lender, the bartender and the Swami had on me um, might have had an effect on them as well. It made me smile. On a day when my mind could have easily gone to a dark and difficult place, I sat there smiling because, you see, I was flying home knowing I was going home to handle some difficult things, extremely difficult to handle news that I'd gotten that made me chomp at the bit to get home. Even though I, I wanted that R and R and R, it made me chomp at the bit to get home. You see what the bartender, the lender or the lender, the bartender and the Swami <laughs> didn't know was that my adult special needs son had attempted to kill himself. And that's the news that I found out. So thankfully, he wasn't successful. And while I was on that plane, he was in a psychiatric hospital. I knew when I landed that I couldn't go see him. But the desire to just be near him was still there. So the tears that threatened on and off all day long seemed to be gone. As I sat there on the plane waiting to get home. The times that my mind started to wander throughout that long, long day were quickly hijacked with 
some tidbit of information or some laughter or some deep conversation or ridiculous comment by one of what my husband now calls my guys um, that God put in my path that day for, for just that day, for just that time. I was blessed with that lender, bartender, and Swami to take care of me in a way that they didn't know they were even taking care of me, and it blessed me. So remember the, the pod quotes from earlier? There are no accidents. Nothing is a coincidence. The divine is always conspiring on your behalf. God conspired on my behalf that day. I believe that. I have lived that in, in more than one way, not just on that day, but in more than one way on more than one day in my life. All glory to God for that. Because when I woke that morning, or at this point, the more, the, the morning before that, because, you know, it was well after midnight when I got home. Um, but when I woke up, I knew my heart was planning its own thing. As I traveled home, a sad party, a day of, of, lamenting a day of worry. And and this is from someone who does not worry. I gave up worrying years ago, but I knew I was headed um, for it, for a, a place of worry as I headed to the airport. It was hard to get a hold of my heart and my mind. You know, Proverbs 16, 9 says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And God established my steps that day, feeble as they were, my steps were feeble, but he established a place of strength. He established the steps also of my three traveling companions as well. I just wish he would have established the tone and type of words that came out of the pilot's mouth when he suddenly came over the speaker after we started to hit some turbulence and stated, folks, just want to let you know that things might be a bit bumpier and more turbulent for a while, so please stay seated and keep your seatbelts on. Their brakes are running hot, and we're going to have to fly with the landing gear down to cool them off and prevent a fire. And a child to the right of me started to cry, just lightly cry and say, I don't want the plane to crash. I'm like, yes, yes, that, that's when I decided to pull my phone out, log on to my Outlook, and email my husband a, honey, I'm not sure we're going to make it email. Um, and I wasn't panicked. At that point, I was just thought, seriously, God, I guess I'm going out today. Um, and if I'm going to go out today, it might as well be under the guises of a serious comedy of errors because, well, a serious comedy of errors and idiots. Shh, don't, I'm not supposed to say that. Idiot. Um, but God knows it. <laughs> he already knows I said it. There it was. A comedy of errors and idiots. And, and he already knew what I was heading for that day long before I did. He knows what I'm heading for tomorrow and the next day and the next flight and the next landing and the next adventure. He knew, God knew, that he was going to place people in my path who would bless me in a way they didn't even know they were blessing me. Contrary to what we're being led to believe all over social media and television, the many kinds of people around us of all races, religions, languages, nationalities, so many of them are kind, caring, and willing to share in helping each other and helping each other laugh off the stress of an extremely long day or show an extra kindness. I mean, here we all were on this nickel and dime you charge you for everything airline in flight where I half expected the flight attendant to say, in the event we hit severe turbulence and there is a lack of oxygen on the plane, a bottle of Pepto-Bismol will drop from the compartment above you. Please have your credit card ready and ordered pay for the release of the contents and for the oxygen. 
So, you know, <laughs> this is what I'm expecting. So my expectations were not high at this point, yet people were still being kind to each other and far exceeded my expectations. God forbid we had to make a water landing, though. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking at this point that this airline would have asked for able-bodied passengers to please come to the front of the plane to help blow up the raft and then charge everyone $5 to jump into it. I mean, in spite of all of that, negativity, all that sarcasm that was coming from my mind, there were still kind people just experiencing a stressful day together in the best way they knew how. So once the pilot came back to announce that we would indeed be landing in Cincinnati, within a certain number of minutes, people clapped, not a sarcastic, ha, you deserve that you airline people kind of a clap, but a thankful praise God, we are almost there kind of a clap. And once we landed, of course, there was no wheelchair or attendant waiting to help me to baggage claim. But there he was, the bartender, inquiring from the people at the gate where in the world the wheelchairs were. We were told that their staff was busy and the airport was super busy. And it would be about 20 minutes or so before they could get anything up there. And I told them, no, thank you. I would walk. I didn't care. I didn't mind. I wanted to move. I needed to move and I needed to get home. And uh, I was not about to sit and wait for someone who might not come for another 20 minutes, 30 minutes or 40 minutes. And by the way, it was 1.20 a.m. and there was hardly anyone in the airport at that point. So I don't know what she was talking about. But then all of a sudden around the corner comes the bartender with a wheelchair. The poor guy was tired and yet he graciously wheeled me from there all the way through the airport to the baggage claim where we waited on our luggage. The lender and the swami who were near the back of the airplane deplaned before we got to take off and we all said our goodbyes and gave each other hugs. Again, other passengers deplaning, looking at us like, what's with them? They all look so happy. They all look so like everything's good and everything's cool. I mean, I just had to smile. I had to laugh because by that point, I, I knew what was what. It was a God thing, a God-ordained appointment. Whether the guys knew it or not in that moment, it didn't matter because I knew. And the good old 80-year-old Swami with the injured foot insisted on walking to baggage claim. So arm in arm, yeah, arm in arm, the lender and the Swami made their way uh, through the airport to baggage claim. And after the two of them got their baggage and headed out, the bartender and I still stood there. Um, his luggage came around and he grabbed it. I looked at him and I said, thank you. And I let him know that I could walk from there straight out the door, which was very close to, and my husband would be sitting there waiting for me. It wasn't far at all. And he asked, he asked me to tell him which suitcase was mine. I told him, no, it's fine. Really, I can get it. I've got it, I promise. And he said, Karen, Karen, we started this journey together a week ago and we're going to finish this journey together. <laughs> and so we did. He got my suitcase when it rolled around and he walked me to the door. He gave me a hug and he went on his way. When I saw my husband, my husband gave me a hug and he said, I'm so glad to see you. And then he said, I just saw a guy all dressed in orange from his head to his toes. <laughs> And I had to laugh. It was so appropriate, even though he didn't know it. I said, it was not a prisoner. I can tell you that. It was a swami. So I was exhausted, but I think I talked my husband's ear off all the way home. I had such a peaceful feeling. I knew my heart um, 
needed whatever had happened that day. And I knew in my heart that if God would take care of me in this crazy day of airplane breakdowns, passenger meltdowns, kids throwing up and irresponsible people and turbulent air and long, long, long delays, that he would also take care of my son. He would do with him the way that he had with me. He would put just the right people in just the right place at just the right time to help my son like he had helped me. And so when I'm facing a day that I think nothing will go right and all is wrong, or when I wonder if God is going to help me through something, I have to remember that he may not help me in the way I want him to, but he will help me in the way that I need the most. He can do that for me and he can do that for you. He may not bless you with a lender, a bartender, and a swami, but I hope you have faith enough that he will still bless you. Keep your eyes on him and your hearts and minds open because I'm sure that he is already blessing you even now. And that, that's what I wanted to share with you about the lender, the bartender, and the swami. Um, it's taken me weeks to write it because I, and even now I don't even feel like I've done the day or these amazing people justice. Um, but here it is. And I'm so thankful that you tuned in to hear it. I hope that you will like, follow and share this podcast with others. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, just search for one woman inspired. That's the number one followed by woman inspired. And for more info on this podcast or how to schedule me to speak at your event, uh, whether it's inspirational or comedy, um, or a combination of both. I do both those just go to womaninspired.com and I really appreciate it. Oh, and please don't forget if you're looking for more faith-based podcasts like this one, uh, but you don't know where to go. The access more podcast network has lots of shows on topics like religion, culture, family, entertainment, and more. And and you'll find podcasts from Christian thought leaders such like Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Torn Wells, Bob Goff, lots of amazing people. So Access More gives you a safe space to discover inspiring conversations about faith. I hope you'll check it out. And if you're a fan of this show, you will find encouragement, hope, and joy from similar podcasts on Access More. Just go to Access More. That's Access More. Accessmorenow.org. Thanks for tuning in. Have a blessed day.